0: fabulous guest speakers. And we're even going to finish with an optional Kayleigh. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. .com slash T-U-R-B-O 24. The number's 2-4. I hope you'll check it out, view all the details there, and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant. 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 Music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about music student motivation. If you want the accompanying article that goes along with this episode, you can find that at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 143. Hey there, beautiful teachers. In the last few episodes, we've talked about awards, rewards, incentives, and some of the pitfalls and careful use that we need to apply to these types of programs in our studios. But you may have one question remaining that comes straight out of that. Maybe you used to use incentives, and you see my point about limiting their use to certain circumstances, but you're now left with a chasm. You're not sure how to motivate your students without those kinds of rewards. You're not sure how you're going to keep music student motivation up when they have so many other things vying for their time. They have all sorts of sports they're participating in and other hobbies and rigorous demands coming from school, as well as enticing things like social lives and video games and all of the things that are going on with them. So how do we keep students motivated in order to help them make progress? That's what we're here to do, aren't we? We have to make them, or encourage them at least, to make progress at the instrument so that we do our job, so that we achieve what we set out to do, and they can play music. When it all comes down to it, that's something we need to achieve in our studios. I think the first step to really solving any problem is getting to the heart of the matter, is understanding the problem at hand. So in this episode what we're going to do is we're going to go through what I'm calling the five masts of music student motivation. These are the five things that I think build up motivation and make it last for the long term. This is not going to be step by step do this, do that. Bingo, bango, you're done. It's not that kind of situation when it comes to motivation. It's, you know, much more in the areas of gray than that. However, I think if we keep these five elements in mind, we can be much more likely to motivate our students and to keep their motivation up over the long term. So with that being said, let's dive into the first mast that's going to hold up this structure. And that is ownership. I believe that students need to have ownership over their musical journey in order to stay motivated. They need to feel like this is their path that they're walking along. And that can be challenging if, say, you have parents who are making their children study music and they're doing it with the best of intentions. And especially for younger students, maybe it is wise. I mean, it's not going to incur to a five-year-old necessarily to study piano all by themselves unless they see someone do it or their parents suggests it. And so we don't always have a situation where the choice to study music is entirely the students. That might be an ideal in some ways, but in others it's, it's just not reality. And if we limited music education to only those who request it, I believe our pool would get smaller and smaller. We need the adults in their lives and the other people to inspire them to get started. But if they, this idea of starting music came from outside of them, then we need to slowly build up this concept of ownership within them. They need to learn that this is their journey, that this belongs to them. And this is a delicate balance because we want the parents involved, we want their support in establishing practice routines, But if the student does not feel like they have any choice in studying music or not or in the long term progression of their music studies, then I believe we'll be in trouble when it comes to their motivation. So that's the first mast I want us to consider is ownership. The second one is identity. Identity is about seeing yourself as a musician. I would love to know what age you were, or you would guess you were, when you started seeing yourself this way. I'm guessing that you now would identify this way. Would you call yourself a musician? And when did that begin? For some people, it begins very, very young. For me, not so much. I don't think, if you asked me, I don't think I would have called myself a musician, really. Really? until i was teaching already and had probably been teaching for a little while as silly as that sounds and i think i probably would have found my way to that identity sooner if i had have had a broader range of skills but i always felt a bit like a fraud really as a pianist um, you know you tell people you're a pianist and you or that you play piano in a group of friends or at a family party and they're going to ask you to play something. And I couldn't do that. I was preparing for exams always. And if I didn't have my exam book with me, or I mean pretty much always, and if I didn't have my exam book with me, I wasn't going to be able to play for you. And definitely if you said to me, oh, you you study piano, accompany us, we're singing happy birthday, or play something for us to dance to. I don't know. I couldn't fulfill any of these requests. So. I definitely wouldn't have identified myself this way. I thought I was someone who took piano lessons. (laughs) That's the furthest my identity would have gone. I think if I had have improvised, made my own arrangements, composed music, and been able to accompany people, you know, basic vamping skills, I think if I had those skills, I would have come to that identity much sooner because I would have believed in myself that way which speaks to how powerful this can be. If we can form a way for our students to see themselves as a musician, as a pianist, as a violinist, they're going to be that much more likely to stick with lessons for the long term and to push through practice battles in the short term. If you think you are a musician, you're going to stay at things, you're going to work through things because you believe you can do it, because you believe this is part of who you are. This reminds me of a fantastic book called Atomic Habits. And in Atomic Habits, he explains the various different aspects of what makes habits stick, which I think is really interesting as a music teacher. So I can definitely recommend that if you want a book to check out at the moment that will improve your teaching in a tangential new way. But it's also just interesting as a human to think about how we form new habits and how we do things. And one of the things he talks about there is actually identity, because he talks about saying that you are the kind of person who does something. So if you identify as someone who looks after your health, you're much more likely to eat the salad when you don't want to, you know, because that is who you are. So that's a really good sort of counter argument when you're talking to yourself. If you're looking at those running shoes and you're thinking, oh, I just don't want to go today, you can tell yourself, no, I'm the kind of person. This is who I am. I'm a person who goes running. That's a much more powerful refute to that claim of, I don't want to go running today than just, oh, you should, or it's the right thing to do. It's about who you are as a person. And so if you can build up habits that help your student to see that, and to make that their identity, those two things are self-perpetuating. The third mast or supporting factor, I think, for music student motivation is choice. And I've separated this off from ownership. It's almost about short versus long term. Ownership is obviously a different thing, but they're very interrelated. But choice for me is about individual choices that we give to our students. You absolutely do not have to let your student choose everything. And letting them choose every single piece they play, I believe is overkill and it's just a waste of time. However, if we give them choices regularly enough, they can develop that ownership over their own musical journey and they have the motivation to continue because they're invested in what they're doing. So give them a, giving them a choice of this versus that could be this piece versus that piece, this book versus that book, or whether they would like to improvise or compose a piece for a concert. When they would like to practice, you know, you can talk to parents about giving them choice over their practice routine. And you're giving them this versus that, maybe versus a third thing, but you're not saying, do you want to practice? (laughs) You're saying, do you want to practice in the morning before you have breakfast? Or do you want to practice after your homework in the evening? And they can even experiment with both and come to a decision themselves, right? So that's really powerful because they're learning that this is, that they're part of this, that they get to make decisions about their musical journey. But it's also really powerful because if we want our students to become lifelong musicians, we need them to be able to make choices. And you will have students who really cannot do this. They don't have this skill. They haven't been given enough opportunities maybe in their life or they're just naturally not built this way where they are not only indecisive, they're almost embarrassed about making a choice. You say, oh, do you want to do this piece or that piece? And they won't want to choose. They don't want that because they just want you to decide for them because really that is easier for many students. And if we don't build that muscle in them, if we don't build their ability to make choices, they have no chance of becoming a lifelong musician because they're not going to pick out their own pieces. They're not going to pick out their own projects. It's as simple as that. I mean, they don't have that skill to be able to look at two options or more, building up over time and say, yeah, I want to do that one and then stick with it. That's a really important thing we need to teach them and it can really help with their motivation as well. Math number four is a long-term mindset. So we all know that learning a musical instrument takes a long time. It's one of the slowest skills to acquire, honestly. (laughs) I mean, in many ways, you could learn a language faster or at least in most cases, I believe you could. If you want to set out to learn Spanish and you really work at it, I believe you could learn that faster than how to play piano at a high level. So it's one of the longest term projects you're going to take on as a person. And especially as a young person, you don't have that perspective on that. But we need our students to take a long term mindset in order to stay motivated. If they can see that they're going to be on this path for a long time and that many projects are way out ahead of them, and the projects that are just a little bit ahead of them, they're going to be more motivated to continue along that road, to continue their journey, reach the short-term, reach the medium-term projects, and know that they're on their way to the really exciting long-term projects. It can also help to relax things, because it's about seeing that we're doing this for a long time. If you don't like this one piece, if this particular week didn't go well for practice, that's okay. All we can do is try to make it better over the long term because if we don't do that, we won't get anywhere. But week by week, that's not what makes a difference here. What makes a difference is our long-term focus, which leads me to math number five, which is about enjoying the process. Once we can really embed in students that they are on a long journey here that they are continuing over a long period of time and that that's part of what learning a musical instrument means we can as i say relax and we can enjoy the process and that is vital for continuing music for a long long time because if you only enjoy the end result if you only like the performance of the piece if you only like Kicking it off if you only like putting a sticker on it or passing the exam, you're not going to stick with this. That's not enough. It is for a good period of time, but it's not for your whole life. It won't make music fit in alongside your career on a Sunday afternoon. That's not going to happen because you don't enjoy the process of learning. So, hand in hand with that long term mindset is enjoying the process understanding your own learning process and learning to stay in the moment, actually appreciate your own music and your own education, what you're learning in that moment. All of these five maths we can do through various means and they're always going to be tweaks and long-term projects for us. They're not things you can do with a little chart on the wall. They're things that you need to change in your vocabulary in order to adjust where a student needs to go. But if you bear in mind these five different pillars or masts, I believe it can direct you towards which one of these areas is lacking for my student. That means that they're not motivated and how can I adjust things for them and construct projects for them and change how I talk to them about these things in order to help them build up that one area. I hope this has been a useful way for you to think through the music student motivation equation. Let me know your thoughts on this. If you think I've missed out any factors, or if you just have thoughts to follow on from this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can write in the comments on the show notes for this episode at vibrantmusicteaching.com 143, or you can find me on Facebook in our Facebook group, Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. I look forward to hearing from you there and I'll catch you back here next week. Vibrant Music Teaching membership costs less than the price of one lesson each month. That is totally worth it for all of the courses, games, resources, downloadables, printables that you can get access to as a member, as well as a fabulous community support you'll find inside. Go to vmt.ninja Turbo. See you there.